Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Wow. 
Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scattered to be poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrificed. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Abohu, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe. May I ever reach a room? May I ever be accepted? We are ever allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say, Ashe. Divine all blessed greetings and salutations. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African Spiritualist, Practitioner, Author, and Advisor, Elagun Oloye, Hudu Obeya Bokua, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic, and we might cover all of those today, from a pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. I welcome each and every one of you. I'm always humbled, truly humbled and appreciative by those of you who take the time out of the middle of your day to participate and be present in this shared sacred space at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time on many platforms, Blog Talk Radio, uh, I believe we're still on Periscope, though I heard Periscope is ending soon. Um, too many problems with Instagram, so I don't struggle with Instagram, but Facebook, uh, my EarthCam page, and of course my YouTube page where many of you share the the podcast and archive. And so I'm available also right here in the stream yard. Greetings, Shamafia, right here in the um, stream yard chat. And give me a moment and I'll put that on screen. So that's scrolling now at the bottom of the screen. Alafia, beloved, tell it like it is. All is a blessing. And so you could always use the link to sign in with us and um, be a, a live participant 
with us here on the show. I'm trying to copy and paste my uh, contact information, y'all. You could also call us at 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, please do press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will be more than happy to unmute your mic and open uh, I'll unmute your mic and bring you into the uh, into the conversation. Give me a moment, y'all, to copy and paste this information into the chat, and then allow me to go deeper into my meaning for today, deeper into my purpose for today. I've been uh, working out, which is something I've never done, to be quite frank. Even when I was a very young kid, I didn't work out. I didn't do sports. I didn't do athletics. Uh, it, it just was not of an interest to me. And I'm at a place in my in my life and chronologically in, in the years where it's important for me to do all that I can to play my, my part in not just being physically well, uh, but spiritually well. And sometimes I think we detach the physical from the spiritual. And that's an out-teaching. Greetings, beloved, Niasha. Greetings, beloved. Um, it's a teaching of this Western, industrialized, capitalized, commercialized sort of world that we exist in. Our ancestors understood that there was no separation there, that there is no physical wealth. There is no physical health without spiritual health, wellness, wholeness. And so many of my regular listeners have heard me say before, I am, I am, I am because my creators are. All powerful, open, receptive to all that operates for my good here and now in this most present moment in time space. I create and recreate my reality that mirrors my best interest. And so I think one of the greatest lies, one of the greatest deceits that's ever been sold to us is that somehow we lost connection with spirit, that we've lost connection to our root, that we've, you know, come out of this dark period and, and are now somehow growing up out of the cotton fields of, of America. Uh, without any real um, unbroken connection to the source. And I offer you today that there is no unbroken connection. I offer you today that we've never been cut off from our ancestors. We've never been cut off from our spiritual power. Uh, Indeed, it has had to manifest under various circumstances throughout the world. And, and indeed, that would be humanity. We sort of go through an ebb and flow, if you will, of growth, of evolution uh, on the planet. If we look back at the earliest documented archaeological footprint, you know, and, and the development of Neanderthal man and Cro-Magnet man and, 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 and Lucy and, 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 and Eve and, and development into sort of the humanness 
that we understand today. There's always been a bit of an ebb and flow, a period of growth and, and then a period of recession, if you will. Some of us believe that there was a time of great power on the planet, great intellect, great spiritual wealth, but also the ability to heal and, and to do feats of what we would call today magic. Some believe that only to be legend. But when we look at the megaliths, the pyramids, and the great structures around the world, we indeed have a footprint that suggests some greater sense of, of understanding that we are somehow now uh, regrowing into, reviving again in, in this dispensation. Uh, if you're familiar with the story of Mu and Atlantis and some of the other uh, great civilizations that were said to have existed uh, prior to this time we, we, we now occupy in history. Um, there's always the downfall due to ego or due to excess or due to uh, abuses of technology and, and power. Uh, but one thing that I found to be a consistent uh, presence, whether we're talking mythological history or archaeological history, is that of the use of quartz crystal minerals, gemstones, in, in, in terms of spiritual growth, healing, and indeed uh, powers and, and knowledge that's lost to us today. I like to focus in again on the megalith builders and those who existed long before our time. And when we think of Homo erectus, the kinesis, we're talking 500,000 B.C., quartz tools and numerous pieces of quartz crystal were found with the remains of Pekin, Peking Man in Beijing. And according to the original excavation report, more than 10,000 stone tools have been recovered since the site was first excavated in 1921. Forty-four different raw materials were used by the ancient inhabitants of the cave. And 89% of this raw material is quartz. The remainder of the raw materials used include 5% rock crystals. And we see a footprint of quartz, uh, and, and not just for how we view it often today, jewelry. Uh, it, it looks cute. It, it adds some kind of aesthetic, you know, to our environment. For indeed, there were other minerals, there were other materials, there were other metals, there were other sources that were often available to them uh, beyond just quartz. So there's a, a clear focus, uh, a clear laser view in on quartz, quartz embedded rock of all, of all sorts, and then the metaphysical, scientific, and in some cases, chemical powers that might lie uh, behind these stones. Indeed, scientists of today understand the, the power inladen within quartz, for indeed it drives our computers, it drives our, the memory uh, banks within our, our expensive technology and, and systems. 
So indeed, someone understands and, and has found a way to uh, lessen that value w- among the masses of people. And this is a, a practice that we've seen throughout history, and particularly uh, among our people, to disempower anything that gives power to the people, to bastardize, to uh, demonize anything, any tool, any, any knowledge, any awareness that gives power to the people. We have archaeological footprint from 17,000 to 9,000 B.C. of rock crystal tools being found in Austria. Rock crystal is normally a poor choice for a napping stone, as its crystalline structure is relatively coarse. Only large, pure crystals of rock crystal can be used to produce longer blades, which are not present at this particular site in in Mag, Magdalenian, Austria. Why this material was preferred at the Gudinus Cave and several other sites remains an unresolved question. Because again, there were other minerals, other rocks, other metals, other items that uh, could quite possibly have been utilized if indeed they had the value and the properties that we've come to understand that quartz crystal contains. Of course, the first so-called man-made glass from Kemet, from ancient Egypt, was consistent of molten quartz, molten minerals that were melted down and then often inlaid into gold and, and other fine artistry and religious um, items. So we can see a, a footprint throughout the world, uh, 8,000 to 7,000 BC uh, in, in France, crystal sphere tips. Uh, of course, among the indigenous Americas, we've found everything from crystal skulls to other quartz and gemstone items that clearly had a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose than just monetary value or material value. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today and how that is and and still remains to be a strong component, um, not just in my voodoo, but the indigenous practices of, of the world, the often lost idea of science and power and magic embedded within the dynamics of these stones. We're still questioning how these architectural uh, megaliths were even built, uh, which again suggests some awareness of the power and science in these stones, in in these minerals that either allowed them to float stone uh, to do something that we still have not been able to uh, really clearly define in terms of the building of such uh, megalithic sites and structures. So there's clearly a, a knowledge and awareness uh, that has been lost. I remember when I was a kid, uh, sort of a church-going kid, you would often hear conversations about whether miracles still existed or not. 
where the miracles were somehow just confined um, to the Bible or, or, or to the past even. And, and if that was something that indeed existed in the past, why don't we necessarily see it in the present? And so I, I believe there is a well-structured documentation of evolution of communal consciousness among communities, of course, among humanity, but also among individuals. And we each have an opportunity to get up a new day and exercise that part of our, our consciousness that still might remain untapped, that still might remain dormant. Quartz and gemstones is really what brought me into ATR. I can't be more clear about that. I was um, enthusiastic would be an understatement of Asiatic, Egyptian, uh, Chinese, Japanese culture at the youngest ages that I can remember, and particularly in their usage of gold, silver, uh, gemstones, minerals. Some of you may have heard me say the other day that uh, it was clearly obvious to me that it wasn't necessarily being captured just for its monetary value, but to capture something spiritual and dynamic that maybe we've forgotten or indeed have lost. I also want to open the conversation up about um, alien intervention, which some of you know that's another one of my favorite topics. The idea, the notion that humanity Life, if you will, have, has been able to evolve in almost a perfect laboratory-like scenario here for us on Earth in a way that we still, up until this point, have not been able to detect in other locations um, in the universe, though many of us assume there is indeed life in other places of the universe. But the idea that this is somehow... Uh, natural selection, that this is somehow uh, just an organic process of, you know, minerals and meteorites and comets flying through deep space to create the reality that we live and exist in today. Uh, Many now expound uh, an interest, if nothing else, in alien intervention in our development uh, here, you know, on this planet. Uh, greetings, Neophyte Bokur. Greetings, uh, Anthony X. Yeah, and um, Michi X is, is fire for show. And I'm grateful for her her work. Um, thank you so much, Neophyte Bokur, for um, joining in with us. And all my regulars, uh, Kiona, Chef Bougie, the beloved Arisha, um, almost everybody here is a regular. Everybody here is a regular for the most part. Uh, Kat Chukwu, you might be new, and we're grateful for your being present, and we invite you to join the conversation. You can turn on your webcam and follow the link that is scrolling as well as reposted in the live chat. Periscope, uh, that's my 
Twitter. It always gets broken off in Periscope. So let me repost that for Periscope. Yeah, you can follow the link and join us. You can also call my phone line at 845-277-9143. And Neophyte Bokur, um, when you get ready, you can just come on in. Electro Vibes, greeting, beloved. Um, how do I feel about the theory of Earth being a terrarium? Um, that's absolutely, you know, one of many possibilities. Um, I absolutely agree that there's something more than what we understand going on. There are certain phenomena around the, the poles of the planet, for instance, uh, certain anomalies within um, uh, the planet's movement and activity that suggest that there's more indeed than what we are aware of. Um, when I think of a terrarium, I think of something that is controlled, maintained uh, by a human or by an intelligent uh, being. And, and so it still rhymes in with my sense of, of um, connection to alien uh, theorists who, who believe that a higher mind, a higher power that very well may have often been misinterpreted as a god um, absolutely interfered with humanity. And not just in one place, but all over the place. And so you find a footprint in Asia and South America and North America and Australia and Africa you know, in, in locations, remote locations where people, you know, could not necessarily have been exposed to the same degree of information, but very well may have been exposed to similar events, similar scenarios that would create, for example, uh, the building of pyramids all over the world. Um, and what creates the building of pyramids all over the world that don't necessarily look one like the other but, but clearly follow a mathematical, in many cases, astronomical uh, pathway um, to, 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 to development. There's clearly something more there that our scientists, our archaeologists, our, our, our DNA specialists are still looking for and, and haven't fully um, um, been able to answer. Um, and Neophyte Bakur, before I open your mic or before you come on in, um, I wanted to mention, too, um, an article that I read. And I may have posted it somewhere, a, a DNA article about a discovery of another um, sort of human type of, uh, well, pre-human type form. Uh, like, like, like we talk about the Neanderthals, we talk about, you know, uh, different degrees of um, what do you call us when we're not human? What, what would we be otherwise, um, other than just mammals? But there, there's a name for it. But they've discovered a, a, a previously unknown people in West Africa that aren't quite human, that aren't quite Neanderthal, that aren't quite uh, Dravidian. And, and are now this new category of um, somebody in my intelligent audience help me out with the word I'm trying to find. 
if, if we're not humans, what otherwise would the Neanderthal be called? What what what, what do we call them? But this it's another form of uh, human-like uh, pre-human development that, that is now new, a new discovery in in West Africa, um, and so they're calling it a, a, a bit of a mystery. Come on in, Neophyte Bocor. Give me a, a second to see if I can actually find that article. Sure thing. Um, always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. How you doing out there in YouTube land? <laughs> um, I've been out, you know, uh, just spending a lot of time with my family and whatnot, but I'm glad I can jump in on this one because I just recently um, had a conversation with a, a young man who was having the same questions about the connections between uh, crystals and the practice. And uh, we had a lengthy conversation, went on for hours about uh, quantum physics and how, how crystals play such an intricate role in all of the theories involved in quantum, uh, quantum physics. We can't hear you as well. Um, it, just now, my, uh, I think I have some interruptions right now. I will jump back in and about Okay, five I hear you now. Yeah, so come on back when you when you get that together. Yeah, it plays a, a critical role in our development, and not just culturally or, or, or uh, religiously, but even scientifically, even um, biologically. Uh, if we got into, and, and we may not do so, but if we got into a discussion of cells and, and how DNA is formed and, and, and what it looks like, um, protons, neutrons, your, your, your blood cells, we're really talking about crystalline forms, crystalline forms that exist within nature and, and ultimately within our, within our bodies. Um, I will, my cousin... Uh, might be trying to join us too, so give me a moment. Greetings, honeybee queen, Bondia Laveau. Greetings, beloved from Germany. We certainly appreciate our international audience. Uh, I tell people all the time I have an international audience, but people from all over the world. Uh, and thank you for being a regular new listener, Nathan Burns. Uh, I'm not familiar with FaceTime, um, but if you want to participate here on the show, um, you would have to use the StreamYard link in order to uh, show up in the way that Neophyte Bokur just did, um, Honeybee, in, in order to be a part of the show. I see you, Craig Burns. The cryptoid, is, 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 that's not the word I was looking for. Species, okay, but species of what? We can't say they're species of humans. So, so, honeybee, they're not a species of humans. So, what what will we be? And I just heard that word like in the last week, and now it it escapes me. Homo erectus. What well, what was Homo erectus? What was a Neanderthal? What was a Dravidian? If if they were not humans or they predated hum, humanoids. I think Julie just helped me out. Julie Bertinell just helped me out. Humanoids. Okay, humanoids. Okay, 
So they've discovered a new form of humanoid in Northwest Africa, previously unknown, previously um, undiscovered. Of course, still not the quote-unquote proverbial missing link, but a, 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 a category of humanoid that had um, before not not been looked at, not been examined. Um, Neophyte Bokur, come on and finish your thought about Crystal. It sounded like you were going somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, my... Um my previous thought was on the the link between uh, quantum physics and quantum biology, and that link being crystals, the understanding of mm-hmm. um, the different hydrocarbons that make up the different elements, um, the, the quartz bosons, the uh, Higgs boson that they're um, that they're uh, trying to really unlock and understand as of right now with the, uh, oh, what do you call that thing? Uh, it's a hedron collider in CERN, right? Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what they're unlocking is the, the particle level of these things that are making up what makes everything, right? And what they keep finding out is that you still have to go down to the crystalline level. I mean, essentially, everything that makes up your body is in some way, shape, or form a type of crystal. Um, everything from how, how the chemicals are released into your body, um, how the chemicals are released from your brain into your body, your heart, your, different, uh, your kidneys, your liver, your thyroid, um, all of these are message delivery systems, and it's all functioned around... Uh, micro, not even micro, I said quantum level crystals. Thank you, Julie. Hominid. <laughs> Hominid. Okay. Hominid. <laughs> go, go ahead. Um, I didn't mean this, right. bro. Oh, no, no, no. It's just, um, yeah, uh, right now in science, this is um, the, the, the majority of the, the topic of debate right now is uh, the understanding of these different elements. Uh, what happens to crystals when you super freeze them? I mean, absolute zero is you get a magnetic charge that fixates that, that thing in a locked position in space. Whereas it's not like a magnet where it draws it in or repels it, it locks it in space time. I mean, and these are the things that are involved with studying the function a crystal, like what is it used for? Beyond a radio or radio waves, or what wavelength it operates on. Um, these are the kind of things that when you're thinking about the spiritual practice, you're not really thinking about the science involved in the crystal itself. We're looking at, okay, what does it draw in? That's, that's great, but in science, what is it used for? What is, what is its primary function? Mm-hmm. Amethyst. Uh, one of my favorite um, things, everybody's favorite crystal is amethyst. Uh, for some reason, that's really popular. When you think of amethyst, you don't think of your syringe on a regular basis. But your syringe, as of the 20th century, is lined with um, a coating of amethyst so that the plastic doesn't leach into whatever is inside such syringe or beaker or any of your hospital supplies. Um, 
the chemical element for um, for amethyst is uh, CiO2. That's a hydrocarbon. Right, so I mean, it can be broken down, and our comedic scientists, our comedic ancestors knew this on a, such a profound level that they were melting down crystals to use in other things. But this is like seven thousand, eight thousand plus years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so it, it's it's fascinating what we're doing, what we're unlocking now is amazing. But a lot of us are still stuck on just what does it make you feel like? Well, some elusive idea of what magic is. Um, when we think about um, um, Ifa, and, and welcome, um, beloved um, Olie, thank you for coming again. When we think about Ifa, Ifa is a science. It's a binary coded mathematical science. And so when we think about the, the awareness that our ancestors and those who came before us had, the indigenous people of the world, the pre-indigenous people of the world, and their connection to nature and, and how much of that knowledge has, has come and gone from civilization uh, over time, depending on the dis- dispensation of history that you point to the planet at any given point. We either are growing or evolving or regressing um, in some way in our awareness of what's natural around us. So we, we try to pay voodoo and, and, and crystal work, you know, and, and, and ifa and, and afa as magic. But indeed, it's science. It, it takes on a magical nature. It feels like magic. It looks like magic. It can most certainly appear like magic. But, but, but at its root, it, it, it's science. And so um, understanding that we are manifestations of, of God, that we are manifestations of the supreme creative, and our ability to create and recreate our own reality starts with the light within each and every one of us individually. And I hope I was able to, to kind of steer you on in, yeah. <laughs>
I think I missed the the, the last one, but the one before that, I was there. Oloye Ifawole Aladeji Efuntade is my cousin, and and we discovered each other by way of DNA. You know, we've been talking for years on this show about DNA and the importance of self-discovery by way of ancestry, bloodline, lineage, and that's how we met. And and oh, nice. Yeah, we had a lot in common, and so now he's here, and prayerfully will be a regular part of the <laughs> the show moving forward. <laughs> our our E five representative. Yeah. For, like that, man. The small world. We keep getting smaller the more we know. Now, um, again, one of those things that I noticed in um, in science is uh, when you're looking at a lot of these different things that they're discovering, let's say the pyramids, every time they dig deeper, they keep discovering that the technology that it would take to create such monuments, such uh, megaliths, the technology would have to be greater. It would have to be bigger, right? It would have to um, encapsulate so much more knowledge in order to move such large-scale works, stones, um, the material that it was carved from, the material that that was used. The technology seems to be progressing as you go deeper. And when you go deeper into your, your dig, you find that more time has elapsed. So we've been devolving over time as far as our, uh, our, our intellect and our, what we're using as far as tools and things. Where in the medieval ages, you have, you know, you have the Bronze Age and things of that nature. Uh, the technology was supposedly advanced for the time, but before that, you have, before that age, you have people in Africa, particularly West Africa, that were smelting metals on a regular basis in the field. I mean, like, in dirt mounds, let alone anything that they would have in their cities. This was common knowledge. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into, you know, European um, uh, explanation of history and, and science, it, it kind of skips over. It skips over that, and then everything else kind of gets ran into the mud, per se. And it, of, still, uh, and it still begs the question, what happened? How does, yes. a, how does a planet of, of sort of advanced people be sort of brought to their knees in such a way uh, in terms of evolution and, and our ability to sort of connect with science? You know, Islam and Christianity would have you to believe that it's, you know, disobedience to God, you know, falling out with, 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 the, with the spirit realm, you know, and then sort of redoing humanity, uh, remaking humanity sort of over. And I've always viewed it as a, you know, a continuum process of us sort of evolving and devolving, but, but, but still steadily moving forward to sort of returning to our God self, you know, our God mm-hmm. consciousness. Um, go ahead, um, Oloye. Well, from my perspective, I would suggest that if we look at the, the early history that our ancestors and forefathers talked about, they talked about 
the influence of those who've come from the other planet down here. So, yeah, we'd be talking about aliens, right? And we'd be talking about how those that came down here brought the highest technology, the highest science, the higher knowledge and wisdom down and then amalgamated and incorporated as they intertwined or intermarried into those who were here. So, therefore, the higher level science, how do you build, you know, the pyramids? Today, there's still no no, uh, idea from most of how they still stand, right? And we know that you have the perfect technology and the perfect science, the perfect angles, all of those things tied in together that will allow for them to remain timeless. And so the more I believe, this is only my perspective, that the more that we have moved away from our own, meaning our own spiritual technology, our own scientific technology, our own wisdom of self and understanding and going back to that source, you know, then I believe the the more we've moved away and evolved as you guys have talked about, rather than evolved by embracing, you know, those. When we look at even when we look at uh, at Egypt, right, or North Africa, we're looking at the Nuba people who then amalgamated into that land. So we're looking at this, this higher level understanding, wisdom, technology from the ancients. And those ancients, as much as we move away from the ancients and their wisdom and their knowledge, even though we try to embrace it, you know, we're still so much missing. There's so much knowledge mm-hmm. that's missing mm-hmm. from all of that that we, we sometimes struggle then to fall back into alignment where it could take us even to a higher place. Yeah, Neophyte Bokor said something a moment ago, and forgive me, I can't remember exactly the wording you used, but it made me think about, you know, these pre-existing homonyms. And thank you, Anthony X and, and, and Julia and Julie for helping correct my, my grammar uh, and my word usage here. Um, Denisovans is, is that other ethnic group. I'm sorry, that other uh, homonym. Uh, that I keep calling uh, Juvidian. But I think there is a connection between the two, but that's another story. Um, and also be aware that the phone lines are open at 845-277-9143. When you're ready, press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic. Uh, but it's something you said, Neophyte Bocor, that made me think that Okay, for instance, babies are born, and they say that between birth and, and five is probably the, the, the biggest, largest growth spurts that we have, you know, throughout the course of our life. So I think about uh, a younger hominin, some of these hominins that don't exist anymore, but them sort of being forced to learn nature and the planet and the environment at a much quicker rate than maybe what we're doing now. Um, Stimuli, I think, plays a role. And so today with uh, technology, and I mean simple technologies like heat, running water indoors, you know, toilet paper, things that uh, people of my age even um, have parents or grandparents that can remember a time when they had to harvest their own wood every day and get the stove going before they could even think about cooking or, or even eating, you know, heating the house. 
uh, when we look at what's mislabeled as third world nations or more indigenous people who are still hunting, gathering, you know, it takes a lot of skill to, you know, debone an animal, you know, to prepare that, you know, to be edible uh, and then not have refrigeration, not have processing uh, available to you. So, so I think it's a, a, a sort of dangerous thing that we've been taught to look down on those who came before as somehow slow or backwards or, or, or not up with the time or, or lacking some degree of uh, civilization. I don't think many of us could build housing for ourselves, by ourselves, if we were, if we were dropped naked and alone in, in the woods right now. I mean, some of us might, but, but I don't think many of us could. I don't think many of us in this audience could, could fish, could hunt, could, could build and create a fire, you know, without modern amenities. And so that pulls on different areas of your brain, different areas of your consciousness. And so now we, we don't have to look for wood. We, we don't necessarily have to, you know, go and carry buckets of water, you know, from the river. And so our wiring now is, is, is indeed different. Uh, I think about what, you know, tired looks like when you're 13 versus when you're 23 or 33 <laughs> or, or 53. I, I think about what bored looks like when you're 10 versus when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40. So um, I guess that's what I, I kind of mean when I say we, we, we evolve and we devolve, we kind of expand and contract, you know, as individuals, but also as humans, also as people, you know, in this process. And, and the question still remains, um, are, are we still being somehow uh, engineered from outside, engineered from out beyond Earth? engineered beyond our own human capabilities. Uh, and I would be curious as to how many people in our audience right now, because um, we would appreciate your participation. Um, how many of you understand, accept, believe, or disbelieve any notion of alien intervention, alien science, and indeed something bigger than ourselves teaching us creating us, kind of molding and shaping the direction that we have evolved um, uh, as, as a race of people, uh, as humans. And where are we evolving to? Um, are we being prepared for life beyond Earth? And I don't mean uh, heaven. According to our schematics, uh, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what they've written down on their, uh, their, their temples, their tablets, their science all points in that very direction. I mean, uh, we, we were looking at, again, like I said, I keep bringing up quantum theory, and it's it's got my mind looking at all types of different things right now. Um, one in which um, our light spectrum, the light that our eyes are able to perceive, that things that we are able to see as color, right? Um, that's such a small portion of the actual spectrum that bombards us every day. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. just from the sun, but every individual planet gives off its own vibration, including our planet. We call it a procession of the equinox. 
but it's also a vibration. It's a long, drawn-out one. But when you get into long, drawn-out vibrations, you're dealing in red, infrared, and lower frequencies. Lower frequencies are still going to affect you the same way, and you're still going to perceive them. The problem is we're still, in my personal opinion, I believe we're still trying to look with just these two eyes and not realizing that if your nose is sensory based on hair follicles, then your whole body is covered in these follicles. What is it that you're feeling? What is it that your body is sensing, right? This is the information that is being transmitted to our bodies, like radio transceivers, like Bluetooth. From just our sun alone gives off infrared that we can't see. It gives off ultraviolet. We can't see those things. Mm -hmm. And then way on the other end of that, it's still giving off different types of light that we only see as darkness. It's it's not dark. We just can't see with our fecal little, little eyes. We our feeble little eyes can't perceive right. that information. That's the unseen. That's the dua. That's the things that they call uh, feminine in the comedic science. Anything that is unseen is considered feminine. But we are, our perception of it is a woman. Uh, no, yeah. you can't see the baby yeah. necessarily when it's pregnant. Yeah. So it's unseen. It's terminology. Um, is what we're lacking to understand the different types of gamma radiation that comes in, the different radio waves and frequencies that are literally light particles mm-hmm. that are that our bodies are perceiving and digesting. Like literally, your body is digesting these forms of light. And Kevin Brooks, so, listen, I, I appreciate your comment. Uh, Kevin Brooks in the chat says uh, we are putting in technology now. Um, and Ogu said we've always had technology. Any any point in history that we look at, um, we have technology. With every evolution, with every step of growth, with every step of advancement, with, with humanity, we, we've had some form of technology. Uh, but at the same time, we now have more technology. I'll give you a simple example, Kevin Brooks. Um, back in the day, from which I came from, uh, you had to remember your mother's phone number. You had to memorize your neighbor's phone numbers. You had to memorize all your boys' phone numbers, all your girlfriend's phone numbers. Now we got a cell phone. And, and many, listening among the sound of my voice, memorize very few phone numbers. How many phone numbers can you pull now, you know, off the top of your head without whipping out your cell phone? So, so there, there's something that is changing that, that evolves and, and electro vibes, yes, that also devolves in our consciousness as we move forward. And is there a reasoning for that? Is there a math behind that? Is there a science behind that that we still are yet to fully comprehend? That's a really good point. Like, once you free up real estate in your head of your thinking, you know, once you freed up the fact that you don't have to memorize so many numbers anymore, so many different people's information, um, what else are you going to start ingesting? What are you going to ingest into your mind 
you know, to, to use on a regular basis. We've right. got all this free real estate now. What, is, what are you going to use it for? Right. If we don't have anything there, then something can be put there. Right. Right. I, I, I'm already there. And again, is that is that something being put there to indeed prepare us for another reality beyond Earth? See, it's real easy for Christians and Islam and Judea, the religious folks, to say heaven, to say nirvana. But but what if indeed this misunderstanding of God and spirit and divinity is really about alien manipulation among life on the planet and preparing us to move on to, to the next place? Something else that I always believed, even as a child, was that Mars had been previously occupied. No one told me that. I didn't learn that in school. It wasn't in the encyclopedia. But, but I always had this feeling that, Marcus, that, that Mars had been not only occupied, but damaged and destroyed, and that now those people were somehow here, and, and, and repeating a cycle of introducing, quote, unquote, technology, while at the same time damaging everything from the water to the air uh, to, to, to the bee population. I mean, just damaging everything with the idea that once we're done here, we can move on to the next location. Why are we spending trillions of dollars or more in space when, when we still got people hungry around the block when we still have major homelessness in in many cities you know across the world not just in in america and why is that a unifying factor that international uh uh international agreement to spend trillions and trillions of dollars to go up in space so even as a kid i understood that there has to be something there that, that's already well documented. There has to already be some exchange that's happening that we've somehow been left out of the loop of. The Goddess Initiative says, I believe that it was intentional for us to think that those things as primitive or to think of past societies as not as advanced when clearly that isn't the case. Uh, I agree, and, and I think there's some sort of forgettingness forgetful spell that that's also happening. Um, if we think about, I'm going to now open up reincarnation and other dimensional <laughs> zones of life, because I, I feel there is a forgetfulness that happens right at birth, right at birth. You're coming out of the, the Orun, you're coming out of the, the realm of the Irumole, you're coming out of the realm of spirit. And there's a forgetfulness that takes place. And I rationalize it as, you know, there aren't many of us who could sort of occupy our heads with more than one life and that volume of information and then be able to function. There's a period of of preparation, I believe, into this world when we're born. So, So there is a sort of a mechanism of forgetfulness that takes place. But when I look at culture as a whole, and we continue to move forward in supposed uh, technological supremacy, again, there's a forgetfulness of history. There's a forgetfulness of the past. There's a forgetfulness of great 
civilizations that existed before. And we often find ourselves relearning lessons that we've forgotten. And so, again, is it just, you know, our frailty as, as humans, as humanoids, as homonyms, or is it another more digital because I start thinking like a computer, Neophyte Bokor, you just talked about erasing certain things in order to download and add new things to take on newer degrees of, of information. Our kids learn certain things faster than we did. Yet at the same time, at the same time, common sense and understanding some very simple things, you know, seem to be really a struggle, you know, generationally. So I see all of that as magic. I see all of that yeah. as, as voodoo. And and fa, afa, ifa, whatever language we're speaking it in, you know, it, it's sort of the, the divine numerology, if you will, of this master computer of the universe, you know, which which is sort of regulating and 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 presenting uh, variables of destiny. I'm sure I will. You would like that. <laughs> you know that we either choose to align ourselves with. You know, some of those those pathways can be strengthened. You know, to align ourselves with, with destiny, but we can also do things to disalign ourselves. And, and disconnect ourselves, you know, and, and why does that sort of, if we believe the stories and the legends and the scriptures, why does that seem to be a repeating, reoccurring theme in the world that we must keep repeating, redoing, you know, in, in order to grow? Well, from one perspective, what he finds all about, and each rebirth is a new lesson. If we go and we say that, uh, you know, in the Yoruba culture, uh, in the Fa culture, it's that we take our our desire of what it is that we want to to work on or learn or to grow in on each visit, we take and go in front of the Illuminati and we share with him on this trip down, I would like, you know, this, I would like that. And Illuminati either says yes or he says let's do that plus this, or he says, nah, on this trip, it's going to be this. So every rebirth that you go through is a rebirth that takes you into being able to grow off of experiences that you had last lifetime. And if you didn't complete the process of what you were supposed to complete in the destiny that you came down to fulfill, then it's like you then have to go back and get it right in order for you to move on to the next dynamic. So, with all that being said, there's still in that DNA, it would seem to me that much of that which was done in the last lifetime, even though you don't logically remember it, but it's still part of your it's still part of your DNA, it's still part of who you are. And you still gotta be able to address and correct and stuff as you see maybe things and some things when it's, you're going through it, it seems familiar and you try to figure out why it seems familiar. Those who might have a lot of dreams, the dreams seem familiar, but they don't know why the dreams seem familiar. But it's the dreams that are saying, you know, you've gone through this. Now, here's a little bit of a, of a 
flashback of a memory. Now let's make sure that we get this right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can, can um, elaborate uh, on that a little bit more. Uh, go ahead. Um, that's exactly what I keep finding in the science part about it, in the medical science about it. When you're dealing with DNA structure, your DNA chain, you are the combination of your parents' DNA structure is what comes down. That's the same stories that we get in our traditions. That's right. Put in a in a digestible form so we can understand it in our minds. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at, um, say, physical fitness, when you're dealing with uh, kinesiology, you're dealing with body mechanics. Your body has a muscle memory. That's you right. do things through repetition. Well, this is the same thing. When you're passing down your DNA, that's a repetition. So, so those memories that he's talking about are a measurable thing in science that were kind of separated from the spiritual part about it. The science and the spirituality were not separate in Kemet, in Egypt, or any parts of Africa, for that matter. None of that stuff was ever separated. It's only when you get to places that are evolved or supposed to be Western or new or or, technologically advanced that you get this divide between, quote, unquote, church and state or science and spirituality. Our ancestors had it both together as one continuous understanding of knowledge. Correct. And we and the more we go into it, the more we realize, okay, there's a there's an absolute reason why uh these things need to be connected. So I'll, so, I'll digress on that. But yeah, that's if we that's if we look at it from even the verses of Islam, it speaks of uh Alumare sending Obatala down to create the earth, right? When he on the way down he saw that the chain or the the, the, the thing that he the rope that, that he had been coming down on was not long enough to get him all the way down. So Ogun then developed the chain that brought him the rest of the way where he got to the tree and climbed down and all that. But the the, the it, it goes back to what we mentioned Ogun before and the technology but Ogun is also that which is in alignment with DNA. The chain is that 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 linking DNA. Right. So therefore, it, it's a uh, it's a wavelength, right? Correct. On one hand, on one hand, when you're dealing with the light spectrum, it's a um, it's a wave. But when you're looking at a, a as a material level, like a liquid form, it would take the shape of a DNA chain. When you look at it, it's still in the form of a wave. Because because it looks like it's a spiral and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's neither here nor there. It's the same idea, so the same way that light travels from one spot to another. Your DNA literally is a liquid form of light. So right. I throw stuff out. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it too is if you look at Obatala, who is the owner of the white cloth, then it's all about pure light and pure white. And so what you're saying then resonates as Obatala's influence and Ogun's influence as they work together in the development of creation. Mm-hmm. I right. wanted to respond to uh, Kevin Brooks. Listen, I agree that humans are becoming lazy. We can't, we can't build a house. We, we can't pull firewood. 
we can't sort of provide food for ourselves. I agree with you to a certain degree, but, but at the same time, there's an evolutionary process that's happening that we are far more evolved to some degree in, in ways of consciousness than our predecessors. So, so there's sort of a physical thing that I see happening, but also sort of a mental thing. And, and I would like to ask you, Kevin, do you see any evidence at all that that energy that's otherwise being sort of wasted uh, that you describe as lazy, do you see any evidence at all that that's being applied intellectually somewhere else in, in, in humanity? Is there a way to find some balance between um, those two things? Uh, your Adamus, uh, I believe the beings are both otherworldly as well as existing in unknown realms. Um, is that a question? Or is that... um, yeah, it's a, it, well, there's no question mark, but it says, are these beings otherworldly or other unknown realms yet to be named fully? And, and I totally understand the question, and I think the answer is both. I think there is a, 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 a alien entity of some sort, or, or maybe several, out in the universe that we have not made physical, literal connection to. But at the same time, I also believe, according to the string theory, Einstein's string theory, that we coexist in inter-intra-dimensional spaces at once. So indeed, there are those who, our ancestors, who exist in a dimensional space that is just off of our own, mirrors our own to some degree, but, but it's not exactly within the same realm of reality that we might occupy in every waking moment of our existence. And we have an opportunity as humans, I think we're uniquely maybe crafted as humans, to be able to interact temporarily within those various dimensional realms. It explains our dreams, our daydreams, our ability to fantasize, our ability to create and recreate in our head before we actually do something with our hands, our abilities to remember the past and organize the past. So I think the answer to your question is both. Um, I think I understand it a little bit better now. Um, and again, uh, look at it. Look at the colors that are associated with our uh, our ancestors. Like take um is associated with green often, but that's also gamma radiation. Or you know, uh, Shango is associated with red. Well, that's um, radio, not radio waves, but infrared. You know, of every color that is associated with our deity is essentially on the light spectrum, mm-hmm. and its temperature is exactly where it's supposed to be as far as a wavelength. Temperature and wavelength are two things that we often don't associate with each other, but your wavelength, how long it is, and the description of our deity, um, just to use a word out there, of it. if we're looking at that and we look at the function of, uh, of their story, the, the function coming out of their story, what their job was, what their title was, what did they do, what was their purpose, what, you know, what was their story? And you go and ask yourself, okay, well, how does that associate with 
um, the information that we can gather from these different quote-unquote colors that are associated with the different light spectrum. And we know that this is all waves. Again, DNA, how our, how our ancestors are awakened in our DNA chain with light. Science is on the verge of uncovering a lot of that right now. And a lot of us that are in the spiritual practice just are, it's going right over our heads. I've had mm-hmm. plenty of conversations with people who are unaware of anything scientific, but they are enamored with everything spiritual. Or everything, or everything magical. Yeah, or, or everything magical. And, and doesn't understand its connection to spirit. Um, Yoel Adamus, uh, Adamus has asked another question, I believe, or another statement. Uh, did it start with the forms we use now or always been shaping forms, just now ones that can translate the meaning of its creation? Okay, I don't quite understand your statement, but I believe... I believe I understand what you're trying to say. Um, and, and, and that is, even when we look at the creation story in Islam, in the Bible, uh, in Judaism, there's this talk of uh, something spiritual, almost supernatural taking place on the planet that to some degree allowed humans, for instance, to mate with quote-unquote aliens or, or angels. Um, we know that um, something took place, call it the flood, you know, call it God's intervention, and sort of put an end to that sort of activity between humanity and the spirit realm. Uh, when I think about unicorns and fairies and gnomes and uh, giants, which are also mentioned in many uh, world stories, uh, and, and then these things supposedly being removed from the planet at, at some point, but usually by way of, of, of this great flood or, or some sort of uh, intervention. Um, so I think, yeah, we've evolved forms. I think there was a time where we were um, more animal than not, more earth-based than not. And if we believe the religious creation stories, um, either intermixed with angels or were interfered with by aliens, depending on your, your perception. And then that changed the trajectory of, of humanity. Some say that the serpent in the garden was was a, 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 a alien or a reptilian alien and, and not a quote-unquote serpent as we sort of know them. But we could also look at Africa and many other places in the world and go into their older stories of creation and know that they were able to communicate with animals. They were able to communicate with nature. They were able to communicate with a plant or with, or with a tree and, and have it respond. Um, so I, I feel the forms have evolved over time. I also feel the forms have been interfered with or, or manipulated to some degree um, over time. And that's provided I'm, at, I'm understanding your question. Yeah, Craig Burns, technology is creating a, a sense of reliance, a sense of entitlement, uh, a, a sense of laziness, 
Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, 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 and again, I agree with what Kevin Brooks um, stated earlier. I just think that while there is a devolving going on, there's also an evolution of something else taking place that did not exist before, that, that yeah. did not exist prior to, to where we are now. I just feel that in my own mind, the last 100 years, the last 150 years have been miraculous in terms of growth in humanity, technology, you know, going from radio to black and white TV to, to color to Internet, you know. And, and so it's real easy to believe and accept that there has to have been some greater power, some greater force you know, involving itself in, in our evolution, in, in our advancement. Do you agree with that, Iwo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to, if we even look at, uh, and I'll take it from both standpoints, if we understand that um, putting together computers, you're still human putting together computers. So it, there has to be a certain level of knowledge of that higher level technology to put it together where anything that we put in to look for, it comes up like that. So there has to be a correlation between the human side and the technology side in order to make everything, you know, flush together. I I can't speak deeply, deeply about it, but I, I firmly believe that. And then from the spiritual side, you know, if I look at the fact that the Oduifa is based out of the binary, mm-hmm. then to me, Oduifa speaks of anything and everything that we go through in life. And so, therefore, the science and the technology behind the Oduifa has everything within it, everything from from physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and, and anything else that we can speak about. It's all found in the Odus. So there's a technology and a science that still goes into into that that brings all that together. Mm-hmm. And that's just a perspective that I feel that I have. I don't believe that that is incorrect at all. That is right on because, again, I always like diving into the science behind it. And when we're looking at neurons, we're looking at both, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, again, positrons and neutrons. We're looking at um, synapses in the brain. That's all based off of uh, electric current, chemical electric current, which still operates either positive or negative. But when you start diving deeper into that technology, quantum biology is telling us that we're beyond, that our brains function not just on uh, on and off switch, like our DNA does, our DNA works on an on-and-off switch. But our brains and our hearts are the things that unlock that, uh, what they're calling the superposition. Superposition is quantum uh, computing, where you're in both states, both on and off, both positive and negative. But they can't figure it out at what point, because apparently it needs to be a dry area in to do this, but our bodies just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Just like how bees fly, but like their wings are too small for their little for their bodies to even support the weight. How does it happen?
information there that they're using. Not necessarily mm-hmm. their wings, they're using a type of vibration, propulsion. Mm-hmm. Our bodies do that same thing in a synapse in our brains in a state of superposition. This is how you can be uh, aloft in your dreams or you're kind of in your dream state, but you're not quite awake, but you're not quite asleep. You're in both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you look at your double slit experiment and mm-hmm. you see that the only way that
of strength and a witness. Right? Um, and that is what the primary argument is right now, especially um, the arguments uh, that were presented by uh, I, I want to say Albert Einstein, um, there's this long-going um, argument about that, about whether or not a particle, a photon particle, is um, a wave or is it just a particle. This is how you get your particle being in, a, in the first place, how you can actually have a facility like CERN where they're experimenting on this. But so when they discover the Higgs boson, then everything changed. Mm-hmm. And like going into that process, you're, you're dealing with literally God particles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and the things that they're unlocking now. I mean, you have 16 different particles that you're dealing with, uh, and this in groups of I don't know six, uh, and the, there's still particles that they haven't even discovered yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're still looking for more. Just the ones that they have so far tell us that there is definitely measurable science um, for the spiritual stuff. They just are still not trying to put the, um, the culture and trying to find a way to have it without tying in um, specifically our culture, even though that's um, right. The, the Dodons already proved the fact that mm-hmm. As well as, as as well as they don't they don't desire to lose control, um, right. so so that's the reason why you know it's said that's the reason why they don't go into detail uh, about aliens. That's the reason they don't go into detail about uh, potential you know negative calamities, negative events. That they don't want to create a panic, you know, among the people. If they told everybody that. Uh... There wasn't just one flood, like Noah's flood and whatnot. There, there was multiple. First and foremost, there was like there was two major ones that they actually know about. You know, then that would throw off your whole Bible by itself. Mm-hmm. Among other things, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> but yeah Among other right. things <laughs> that have already <laughs> challenged. Yeah. Um, Shamafia, um, I feel that our DNA is being affected, uh, unfortunately, by many things. Um, the water we're drinking, the food we're eating, uh, radio waves, TV waves, microwaves, cell phone waves. I mean, our, our DNA is being affected by many things. And just like food affects different people differently, I think th- this interference also affects different people differently. So you have some who are unfortunately developing cancers and other, you know, really crazy, you know, health complications. And, and then you have some, you know, who can smoke a, a pack of cigarettes a day, you know, and live to be 100, and, and somehow it, don't, it, it does not appear on the surface that anything has affected them. So, so I think that our DNA has been affected by everything, the, the amount of light that we are, are now exposed to. Uh, many people are exposed to much less light now than I was when I was 18, 17. We spent more time outside. We, we spent more time out in the sun. We spent less time under fluorescent and artificial lights. We didn't spend as much time in front of the computer or the TV screen. So our DNA is absolutely being 
affected. And, and it goes back to sort of my response to Kevin. I mean, our DNA is being improved and damaged at the same time. Just keep living. It's being both improved and damaged at the same time. And the hope is that the next generation, those who who live after us, somehow benefit from from what's best and, and, and what's regressive or what's not so useful will eventually, you know, fall away. Uh, and that sounds to me more like natural selection. But when you have humanity getting involved in determining who survives, what neighborhoods get the power lines, what neighborhood gets the 5G towers, uh, what neighborhoods do not get access to fresh fruit, fresh produce, fresh meat without traveling three miles, uh, you know, away from their house. That's me, by the way. I would have to travel at least three miles away from my house or it would have to be delivered. But there is no grocery store in my community. There's no grocery store uh, in my zip code, (laughs) you know, and that's the case in many of our communities. So there's so many things, Shamafia, um, that are affecting um, our DNA. Waking up unnaturally, you know, you have have to punch a clock. You got to be at work at a certain time. So you're getting up to an alarm clock, not to the sun, not when your body says, okay, you've had enough rest but we're getting up un- under unnatural conditions. Box cereal. I've always had a fear of cold cereal. I'm not going to disparage any particular brand because I don't want to be sued, but I don't trust cold cereal. I just don't. You know, you got cartoon after cartoon commercial. You know, this one's got a scary monster on it, and this one, you know, might make you turn green and, you know, and, and, and we're feeding it to our children, again, under duress, because many parents are either already in, on the move or, or happen to be on the move. And so, you know, we, we don't have that time to cook, maybe chop some produce, you know. Now, I'm sure there's some vegans listening to me right now that say, oh, well, it don't take no time, you know, to cut up some produce, to cut up some, some fruit. You know, to pour some nuts in a bowl, you know, but but our cultural lifestyle, you know, particularly under the West, under the white man, under colonialism, under capitalism, under commercialism, is just artificial to its core. So everything is affecting our DNA. I believe that. I also believe that we can repair our DNA through certain efforts. Again, what we eat how much time we spend in thought and what you think about. I take the time to think about health, wellness, balance, spirit, each and every single day. And it has to be in your prayers. It has to be in your mantras. It has to be in the oriki. It has to be in the chants. You know, we create and recreate our, 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 our reality with our mouths. And, of course, with our actions and our activities, but indeed with our mouths. So there are many ways that we can uh, sort of counterbalance some of the effects on our our DNA and and our energy right now if if we would just commit to first being aware and then doing so. Yes, um, Craig Burns... I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. 
Craig Burns says our observances change the expression of life. I, I learned that just maybe in the last two years. I also learned um, scientifically that our bodies are able to emit light. I didn't know that until the last few years. So indeed, what you think, what you observe, what you repeat, what you take inside affects not only your DNA, but your expression of light and your ability to operate within that light, whether it be for creative healing, wellness, you know, for the ability to to, to, uh, repair and renew, but absolutely. That's a good um, statement because I like to think of light, instead of just thinking of light as just that word by itself, I like using like radiation, you know, what radiate or what resonates. Uh, In quantum physics, they use terminology like uh, resonance, which is the same as, you know, technically as vibration. Vibration is still light. If all of these things are interchangeable, then how we word our sentences uh, would affect exactly how, how we understand what is being conveyed to us. I mean, we keep hearing light and this and light that, but we don't associate that with radiation of any kind. Our bodies do emanate light in the form of radiation. You know, right? But we don't want to say radiation because radiation sounds like, oh, terminal cancer, I'm going to die. You know, it doesn't sound attractive. It doesn't sound like a nice word that we should be using. Mm-hmm. But it is. It is definitely a word that we should definitely put more into our vocabulary and start breaking the chains of, of positive and negative thought on these different terminologies. Because the science, they don't use that as a positive and negative. So it, it's because it's too confusing. It, it's way too confusing to have, to have your understanding of light as anything else other than radiation. I think though what what winds up happening is like everything gets drawn into energy. Right. So when you look at Ashe, Ashe means energy, right? So when whatever we take in or whatever we we disseminate out, like we have to to be we have to like process what we what we speak out because then with the before Ashe, it says that whatever we speak out then will come into manifestation. So therefore that's still light. It's still a higher vibration. So a lot of it will be energy, but then it will be high vibration, low vibration, right? So the people that we deal with, if we deal with people from lower vibration, then sometimes we then take on their particular vibration instead of the continued elevation of our own vibration. Mm-hmm. And then some of us are working from a low vibration because that's how, that's, that's what we've been, you know, having to deal with our life to grow into what is higher vibration, what is an elevated status of energy, what is that light within ourselves, right? You know, the old church song, walk in the light. Well, what does it mean? You know, when you walk in the light, then you're walking in truth. That's right. Science is truth because you have to prove everything in science. And therefore, you're walking in power. That's right. Light is power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to have to um, call it a day for, for right now. It's great speaking with you. Uh, I hope you can do this again. Yeah, uh, I, I do as well. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little more consistent during the week. Um, 
my cousins helping to be helping me to open up to maybe some titles and subject areas that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, I don't know if he realizes it, but he has everything to do with this show, just based on what we did on the last show. So I just took I just took the last show and kind of rolled that into this show, and and that's how we got here. So I appreciate you, I do. Um, and we're going to only be here another twenty minutes, maybe, um, and then we're going to uh, we're going to also as well move forward. I also appreciate uh, audience and listenership participation. The phone lines are still available at 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. If you're listening by way of Blog Talk Radio, you can also uh, follow the uh, StreamYard link that's scrolling at the bottom of the screen and also join us right now as a co-host. Uh, the heart has a powerful uh, field, energy field, the brain also. Absolutely. And in and, and, and voodoo, every aspect of our body, every part of our body uh, uh, vibrates at a particular frequency. And I believe Ifab might be similar. And, and then there's a deity, there's Odu that represents each aspect, you know, of the body and how we utilize that energy to not only create energy fields for protection, for defense, uh, but also to project energy uh, to other people, places, and things, to other locations. Okay, I got my chat cleared. So I'm, I'm, I'm up to date on my chat, beloved. Very good. Very good. I am, you know, originally uh, intended to open the show um, with some documents that I had been looking at over the years, really. Some of these documents I go back to frequently. Um, Dissertations, uh, paperwork that people do, you know, for masters and PhD degrees at, at PhD degrees at the university level but primarily around ATR, traditional African-based religious systems, indigenous spirituality and religion. So I've been looking at, you know, magic and the supernatural in African slave culture here in America, Uh, African-American conjure, African magic among the enslaved. And so, again, that idea that we somehow lost our God, lost our language, lost our knowledge of self. Um, It's just really not completely a true factual statement. And indeed, we maintain our connection to the light, to the spirit. We we were forced to change our language. We were forced to to change our demonstration. Uh, But we never lost our, indeed, our connection. And powerful powerful ancestors came out of that sort of that, that tradition uh, and, and paved the way for us now, you know, who survived calamity, who survived disease, who survived, you know, bad treatment, bad weather, and, and survived so that we now can and continue to survive. 
Um, thank you for on my on my phone lines. Um, if you have a question or a comment, just press the number one, and I will open your mic and um, bring you in. And of course, beloved, um, please feel free to to, to speak your piece. Ifa Wole. No problem, you know. Um, we got about 15 minutes. Okay. I, I believe that what you said is true. Each of Isha manifests a different connotation of, of energy. Um, and a lot of times when we receive particular Isha's because maybe certain things in our life, uh, different things we went through growing up or experience, you know, our personal experience makes it such that that particular Orisha is the one that steps up on our behalf because that is the energy that we need in order to fulfill a complete healing. Mm-hmm. So the energy behind that Orisha brings a lot of different connotations from the maybe areas that we are ill, you know? So maybe a certain Orisha like Oshun deals with prostate, bladder, all those issues down there. Then again, that's from maybe holding a lot of things in. You look at the community, black, the African-American community, the black community, and you start to begin to, to realize that a lot of what we go through health-wise is talked about or dealt with by the Orisha that we might be manifesting. So, you know, if you have Oshun, then you have to be careful and mindful of the, the, the things you hold in, you know, because it, it then says that you have to learn to work with that and let those things go in order to heal up some of those struggles. Mm-hmm. Energy-wise, we know that there's different facets of these of these Orisha. So if we talk about Oshun, we're talking about beauty, we're talking about love, we're talking about sex, we're talking about intimacy, we're talking about all of these, these facets of an Orisha, which it says energy, energy, life energy, that particular energy that is either needed through you or that you are already manifesting a great deal. So it all, to me, then ties in together in a, in a very powerful way. And, and any Orisha that you might get or any Orisha that you might feel connected to, then it might be that there's certain uh, as- those, of those aspects that are calling you, that are that are speaking to you, that are resonating with you. And so, you know, I think when you deal with Orisha, you deal with Ifa, you're dealing with a very, very, very deep science mm-hmm. and a very deep, because again, it's not religion. It is the manifestation of our life. Mm-hmm. So in every step, every step we make, we're stepping Ifa, we're stepping, you know, Vudu, it means spirit. So every step that you step, or take, you're walking in spirit, and you, you, you're always trying to, to make sure that your, your walk is in alignment with that energy, with that spirit, with that, you know, um, with, with all of that, with the wisdom, because we speak about wisdom. We find in a very basic, basic uh, definition says, uh, is the wisdom of nature. But what is the nature? The nature is our divinity within, right? Mm-hmm. The nature is all of those aspects, from the divinity within to the manifestation of how it comes to us, yes, in the outside stuff, but in all aspects of, of our nature. So all of that resonates with energy to me. 
and 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 in order to go deeper into the study of our science and our traditions, our traditions, and all of those realms, mathematics, science, all of those things are found in the realm of how we're walking, how we're talking, what we put out. We can either put out good light or we can put out darkness in what we say and how we operate, how we're walking. That's right. I'm going to go to the phone line. Beloved, your mic is open. Um, Area code 937. Area code 937. Thank you so much for calling. Who's calling and where are you calling from? This is uh, Electro Vibes. Oh, okay. Greetings, beloved. Thank you. Greetings, greetings. First, I want to say thank you all for uh, this, you know, powerful information today. Because I don't normally get to catch you all the time that you're on because, you know, I teach. So normally when I get the alert that you're on, I'm telling the child, telling one of my little ones to sit down or something like that. So I can't really watch you. So we were off today and Friday, so I got a chance to, you know, finally come back and hear you again and, uh, you know, be live. And I just want to thank you for, for the information. You know, thank all three of you because this was a discussion that I think needed to happen and it needs to happen in our in our community, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and I'm sure you already understand as a regular listener, uh, my goal, and I've been encouraging my cousin to sort of support me in this goal, is that, you know, this sort of replaces what we have. And, and even in the case where we're not actively trying to replace what we have, we want the people to know that there is an option, that, that you're not backed into a, a triple corner of Judaic, Christian, Islamic, you know, belief. And that there's something that's real and tangible and provable and documentable that's available to us. And, and to, to, to then not only apply that to ourselves, but to our marriages, our families, our relationships, our community, our, our village. So I indeed see a day when, you know, there'll be more ancestral worship centers and more cultural centers that, that focus on our spirit practice than there are liquor stores and churches, you know, in, in our right. community. Right. I live for that day. Yeah. And that we return Likewise. to nature, that we return to nature. I don't care where you live. I don't care what city you live in. I've done it in all cities that I've been in. I find a way to get a pot, some soil. I find a way to grow something, to grow something. And so we've got to reconnect uh, to nature, to our food, the the source of our our, our nourishment. And, And so when we talk about humanity becoming lazy, you know, the technology, you know, comes in and makes things easier, washes our clothes, you know, cuts up our meat. The technology does all these things for us that we once had to do. And so in my mind, that frees up room for us to really focus, specialize, you know, on, on areas of higher importance, of higher of higher meaning. So, beloved, that's why, you know, I do this show. And Electro Vibes has been, a, been around a while. Uh, he's not a first-time uh, listener. Uh, but that's why I do this show. That's why I resist the entertainment factor. I, I resist, you know, just clowning, you know, for two hours. I resist, you know, talking about witchcraft and, and, and lottery spells and, and, and all that kind of foolishness because there's so much of it already out there. 
And indeed, if, if, if anyone I'm, I'm under the sound of my voice is interested in being entertained, there are plenty of people in position to do that. <laughs> there are plenty of other channels, you know, available to do that. But I've been doing this show, um, Owl, for 12 years. I started mm-hmm. on Blog Talk Radio. And so I, I constantly get feedback from serious mothers, serious fathers, serious individuals, serious families that really embrace this information, you know, as sort of a raft in the midst of this sea of just confusion, you know, yeah. and deception. Go ahead and let your vibe. Yeah. No, I'm going to say yes, I agree. I mean, this is not like when when I when I found you, I was on like the path of like, you know, figuring out the deeper knowledge, you know, the, the knowledge itself. And I actually knew like this is not the place for that. You know, like you said, there's other places if that's what you're looking for, there's other places for that. But I never never saw you as that particular source. It was always a resource to help me along my path. And you know, and I appreciate you for that and I appreciate Aloye and uh the uh Bocor too. Like I said, I'll hear you today because I needed to hear this because I've been having sort of this discussion with my friends, but a lot of them really don't quite understand. It can't get that deep. That's why when I said earlier, let's go deeper, because <laughs> I knew we would we would get there, you know. So thank you both, and please keep disseminating this, this information because the people need it. Thank you. Indeed, I'm grateful. And I know it sounds corny and people don't like to hear it, but it has everything to do with what we are eating. You just cannot eat bullshit and expect to just manifest light and love and joy and creativity and sort of be in balance with nature. We've got to get controls as a people, as a community, on what we're eating. You know, we're seeing a lot of demonstrations of, of white supremacy, violence, murder and mayhem, people, you know, unhappy, and so they decide they want to kill up the place. They, they decide they want to, you know, shoot up the church, shoot up the mall. You know, people are out of control, and their hormones and their chemicals and their wiring is out of control. So not only are, are people lazier, um, Please to be. I'm trying to. Uh, Kevin Brooks said, "Not only are people lazier, but our wiring has been severely tampered with mm-hmm. in terms of what we're eating, and how we That's handle true. emotions, how we handle anger, how we handle stress." I, I just don't remember exactly when that trigger was was turned on. That you know, we can't even have a discussion without pulling the gun. We we can't even you know we have a disagreement. You know, without shooting up the entire club, without without ending the party, without ending the event, and so it's more than just bad behavior. It's it's more than just sort of people being ego and self-driven, but it has everything to do with what we're eating, what we're observing, what we're taking in. Uh, my parents didn't allow us to watch everything on TV. <clears throat> didn't allow us to listen to everything on the radio. <laughs> you know, didn't allow us to go to everybody's house. You know, there had to be some some limits, you know, to what we expose ourselves to, to what we observe, 
you know, as, as the word that was using, used in the chat. And when you're in a community where you aren't able to observe life, mm-hmm. healing, progress, at work, then you don't even know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so many of us don't know what it is to be a black man healing, a, a black man changing his, his disposition, changing his way of seeing things. Or we accept that there's some, you know, extreme dichotomy. You're either a radical or you're a sellout. You're either black or you're trying to do the right thing. You know, there's no gray area. There's no middle ground, you know, with us. And I think that comes from overstimulation, overexposure. If you expose someone to enough trauma, then every truck that passed the house going to make them jump and look, you know. So we've been overexposed to so much white supremacy and racism and, and poverty and, and, and other madness in the world that we're on high sensitive for the extremes, and we don't trust the middle ground. We don't believe the middle ground exists. So you're either for me or against me, right? You're either on my team or you're not, you know, and, and we box each other in, even in our ability to communicate with each other. I can disagree with you and, and still be your brother. We don't have to agree, Oloye, and we're still cousins. You know, we don't have to agree on every single thing. But that wiring uh, electro uh, vibes has been tampered with in our culture. And I don't know. Hey, look how it's destroyed relationships. Yeah. Look how it's destroyed marriages. Look how it's destroyed relationships with our partners. Look how it's destroyed relationships even with our elders. Look how it's destroyed that we cannot see something slightly different without there being a total break. And so, you know, it is, it's imperative that we understand, even from a, a mental health issue, how to be able to pull all this together. And, and to work within within the realm of this. There's still light in dealing with the mental health issues. You gotta find the light because a lot of people that are dealing with mental health issues, they're not seeing the light, they're seeing the darkness. They're not seeing the beauty, they're seeing the ugly. They're not seeing, although they desire to. So holistically, I speak holistically a lot, holistically, we have to pull all aspects that my cousin talks about to, you know, to understanding the mental, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and everything that fits in between. It's a whole lifestyle thing in order to bring all of these elements together. Mm-hmm. I like to say you're um, trapped in polarity. Yes. Trapped in polarity. Because duality in voodoo is, is, is nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say Iwa Pele, we also are suggesting balance. Mm-hmm. So when I see duality, you know, we all have duality. I have my mom, I have my dad, I have X chromosome, I have Y chromosome. We all have duality. And Western culture has painted our understanding of duality. So we think in polarity. Male, female, black, white, rich, poor, the haves and the have-nots. We're taught in dramatic, extreme polarity. And so we're not wired to see the middle. 
where we're not sensitive enough to see the middle. We don't trust it, you know, because of, of, of what's projected at us through the, the spectrum of, of this society. So I, I, I agree with you. I would just substitute duality with polarity. Uh, that's when, you know, polar opposites, you know, mm-hmm. things cannot come together. You know, you have your electric uh, magnetism, uh, uh, your, your, your positive charge, your negative charge, and, and they're by science designed not to sort of connect with each other. So, so mm-hmm. I see polarity as, as an issue that we can't come together because you have to believe exactly what I believe. You have to dress exactly the way I dress. You have to view life exactly through the scope that I, that I view life. That's mm-hmm. the polarity that we exist in right now, and particularly mm-hmm. in, in, in America. I, mm-hmm. I realize I have UK and Germany is in the room, and I have African listeners, Asian listeners, but particularly in America, that sort of polarity is a major issue that I discovered maybe in junior high school that, that there was sort of this, you either on this team or that team. Because I first learned that I wasn't on a team. I first learned that I was somewhere stuck in the middle. And that made me see the polarities much clearer. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a quote-unquote upper middle class environment. Mm-hmm. Yet I have brothers and sisters and first cousins who grew up in poverty, ex- mm-hmm. extreme poverty. And so that that notion of polarities, you're either hot or cold, you're either on the left or the right, it, it sort of negates yin-yang factor. It sort of negates mm-hmm. Iwa Pele factor. It sort of negates that there's a certain balance to nature that must be present for things to continue and, and to continue in sort of a healthy way. And so this uh, inability to coexist with each other often have a lot to do with with polarities and, and how we view polarities, usually as opposites. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great point. I'm going to give it a few more minutes, uh, maybe three minutes before I move forward. So uh, is that your um, vibe? If you have something more you want to say, please go ahead. Um, cousin, if you have something you want to say, uh, please go ahead. And then I'm going to close out. Well, I just want to say, you know, again, thank y'all for the information. And um, every point that you made is a very valid one in our community that, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it again, that needs to be addressed, you know, whether it's from a group perspective or individual perspective, you know, because you just said, I mean, you just said something that resonated with me. Because I was one of those people for the longest time that is either this or is that. But I mean, mm-hmm. black and white. I, I had to learn about that gray area and understand just how beautiful it can be when you when you know how to maneuver through it. You mm-hmm. know, and how much how much stress it saves you because you realize that that person is not against you because they don't see it your way, or that person is not against you because they may want it a, another kind of you know another way. You have to understand that like you said it's your experience and it's their experience and work from there and that's what i did and mm-hmm. so thank you for making that point that was very valid and everybody out there you know do your shadow work do your personal work you know take care of inside out and 
Put out good energy and watch what happens. That's true. I say, give thanks. Go ahead, cousin. Oh, I have nothing. You know, I of everything today, and I had a chance to learn from both of you and and Bokor. You know, uh, I always appreciate being able to work together in unison and being able to share from different perspectives because the different perspectives they can make a whole. You know, so I appreciate everybody who's come to to experience and and to grow with us, you know. So I look forward to further, further unison, you know, with all of everybody. And hopefully Denise will be back soon too. Yeah. And, you know, all of us to, to be able to work together. I say. And, and thank I you say. so much for putting up with this, whatever's going on here. Blue <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all for putting up with it. And it wasn't too distracting. And I look forward to meeting you all here again. At high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time, here on Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. All is a blessing. Odabo. I say. Odabo. Odabo. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for your patience and consistency and always showing up. Dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if ready, ready Gonna free at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratched at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant the magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof, gonna put on my green. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you, can't see my eyes, black shades too.
go and pray at the old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them balls out the graveyards for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room Gonna put on my grease suit With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 